You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 327. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives and small business owners that want to love their bookkeeping as much as they love all the other things that they love doing about their business the most. I love my invoicing, my tracking expenses, going in there with my bookkeeper, and all that sort of stuff that normally I would not like doing at all or find delighting, all because of FreshBooks. They do such a good job making it beautiful, easy, simple, and honestly, just fun to be in. And even when I have questions for them, I can call them straight up at their Canadian office and get a hold of someone right away. So it's extremely helpful. I've been using it since 2012 for eight years. I have loved using it and I continue to recommend it for anyone, like I said, that needs to track their stuff. If you have multiple companies, if you have to track time for different projects, all of that stuff is all taken care of. You can give it a shot for 30 days to see if you want to try it and love it as much as I do. And if you do love it, you can then go forward with it. But you get the free 30-day trial by going over to freshbooks.com lively. And then if you see that, like, how did you hear about us section, enter the code, the lively show, or just the name, the lively show, so they know you found out about it from me. Now let's move on. You guys, coming up very soon, February 16th is the sixth year anniversary of the lively show. Happy birthday to you. The Lively Show is six. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it has been that long, but that's what it is. So thank you for those that have been listening to the show for any portion of that, whether you're brand new or you've been listening since episode one. If you've been listening since episode one, let me just say thank you. And what a pioneer have you been to stick around through all the ebbs and flows and all the different focuses the show has had over these six years. I had no idea when I started that we'd be talking about the topics we're covering now, as you can well imagine. And who I am now is totally different. And even my voice, you can hear such a difference. If you want to get a laugh, go scroll down to some of those older episodes in the early years or episode one. I literally sound like a chipmunk. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have such a high voice and it's very, very fast. So anyways, thank you guys for sticking around. And yeah, I'm excited to see what's in store this year. In this episode, I have a new thing for you. If you're wondering, no, the collective did not fall off the face of the earth. They've actually probably never been on the face of the earth <laughs> in some ways of looking at it. But uh, no, the collective's still here on the show. We're going to have a new show. Hopefully once Annie and I can schedule a time to actually record it, we have a new topic we want to bring. And I'm very excited about this topic to talk about with them. But in the meantime, I just got here to Bali from Cape Town. I got here last Saturday. So it's been about four days now. I'm now in Canggu, Bali, Indonesia, and I thought I would do a new style of show as I was thinking to myself, what should I do? Q&A episodes were loved, and it was nice to hear you guys really give me a ton of feedback saying that you really find it helpful hearing me apply all the stuff that like things like Abraham or The Collective share or even Eckhart Tolle to hear a normal person that's deeply invested in living their life in this way and how it works out for them. 
So that's what I'm here to give you in a new way, slightly different, no Q&A this time. What I'm going to call this is actually inspired by Michael Singer's book called The Surrender Experiment. If you haven't read The Surrender Experiment, I recommend you check it out if it feels interesting. If it sparks your curiosity, please go check it out. When I first purchased The Surrender Experiment, I was heavy, heavy into the woo days, like the heavily spiritual woo-woo part of my journey. And I was very mentally manifesting, very hardcore, into the Abraham Hicks material, but doing it in the how can I leverage this in the best, most intense way possible. (laughs) So when I bought the surrender experiment and then had it on my Kindle downloaded, I was like, wait, this is about letting go and just letting things happen to you. And you're not sitting there visualizing what you want to create in your life and then watching it happen. Uh, not interested. So I had it on my Kindle for quite a while without actually reading it, knowing that it wasn't the right alignment for me at that time and not feeling bad about that one iota, (laughs) but just knowing that wasn't the right frequency for me then. Well, once I hit the mental wall and I wanted to go beyond the mind, suddenly the surrender experiment was very interesting for me to read and very topical as well. So with the surrender experiment in mind, I actually have realized over the last year, even though I haven't been reading books, I did read last year, I reread The Power of Now probably one and a half times, but other than that, didn't read a thing. I didn't read a book and that felt fine and wonderful, especially after so many years of reading five hours a day, five to six days a week. It was fun to just take a break and go within myself. That said, when I talk to people and I meet them, it's very rare that I recommend a book. However, the two that I always do share are The Power of Now, no surprise there, and The Surrender Experiment. And the reason I love recommending The Surrender Experiment, and I choose who I suggest it to when I'm actually sharing this, because of course you always want to find the person that's ready for that kind of book. It's a journey, a story, a personal experience of Michael Singer on his life path. And he basically in the 70s, I think it was the 70s, wanted to go beyond his mind. He wanted to be enlightened. And he then bought a property, a piece of land in the woods in Florida in the Everglades. And around him, he shared what happened in the preceding decades of his life. As his main goal is to be enlightened alone in the woods, a spiritual retreat center forms around him. People move on to his property out of nowhere. He gets a family kind of that develops over time. A company starts forming and the company ends up going from one thing to another to become this huge Fortune 100 or Fortune 500 corporation, publicly, you know, IPO'd and everything. And all the while, this man stayed in his Zen place and surrendered from when his mind didn't want to do something, he'd allow it to happen despite his mind's protests. And so that is just a fascinating journey. It's very inspiring to hear how his life unfolded when he chose to follow the flow rather than his mind. Okay. So that's great and I love it. It doesn't mean that you need to learn anything or take notes from it, but it's just a really, really powerful example of a person that's chosen to live that way. That's why I love it and recommend it to people. It helps inspire people to receive and allow their inner voice to guide them more than their mind. That's what I wanna do with this show for you today. And if you guys like it, I can pop in with more of these types of episodes in the future as well as a different type of person doing something similar. I don't want to call it the surrender experiment because that's his thing. So I just made up the flow diaries. You guys know I love using the term flow. (laughs) I flow around the world. Well, the flow diaries, and this is not flow like the period or ant flow, as some people call your period. 
Although for a while, though, let's be honest, in the show, like season, I don't know, four, three, four, you've probably heard a lot about my period. <laughs> Go back if you're curious. <laughs> but this one's not about the periods. This is actually just me sharing the flow of my life with you. Of course, my life, especially in the last week, has looked rather dramatic. Even for me, it's looked more divergent than normal in many ways going and making this off-the-cuff change from Cape Town to Bali on the spur of the moment and within 48 hours showing up in a totally different part of the world than I had thought I would be in the two days prior to it. So I'm going to share the ups and the downs and the contrasts and the, the vibrational variants basically that led to that, just like the surrender experiment. So think of this as like a little chapter of the flow diaries where I just share with you guys what happened in the last week. Again, not because you're gonna have the same life experience as me, but mine might be kind of entertaining. I mean, there's a lot of big changes. A lot of this was hopefully what my mind had hoped would flow, but didn't want to force it from the mind. So I'll show you guys how I actually lived this out step by step. And again, it's not to say you need to do the same thing. You also don't have to move to the Everglades. You don't have to start a retreat center on your property and you don't have to become like the Fortune 100 CEO that Michael Singer did, right? We're just examples of people that are going beyond their minds and allowing life to unfold through them in this unique way. And your life could do the same. It may not look like Michael's or mine. No rivers look the same. No mountains look the same. No people's souls have the same identities or the same desires. So it will take an unexpected turn from you for you in a life that you have and one that you have never imagined for yourself before as well. Okay, so let's go to last Wednesday. And it's now Wednesday as I'm recording this. Thank you, Claire and Joe, for the last minute sending off of this to you guys. I love you and thank you. And yes, the now <laughs> has finally occurred where I'm sharing this. Okay, so last Wednesday, one week ago, I was in Cape Town at the WeWork per usual. I'd been in Cape Town about two and a half months. I had a ticket booked to Bali for February 25th. So February 25th is when I planned to come to Bali at that point in time. And I booked my Airbnb in Cape Town all the way up until the 22nd. So I had already prepaid that. I already thought I'd be there for the next few weeks. However, I had been dating someone there in Cape Town for about a month or two. Casually, it was really fun and enjoyable, but we kind of knew that we had different life values and visions for our future so that this long-term wasn't really probably going to be the end-all be-all situation. And even though my ego kind of hopefully had hoped half-heartedly that like it would continue the dating because it was fun and enjoyable until I left, but we knew it was too hard to just keep going like once we knew that really didn't have legs. So we ended a little sooner, which was wonderful and great. And so now we've just decided to be friends. But as I was noticing this is going to open up more time and have this whole new chapter emerge in Cape Town, one little part of me was thinking, you know what? I was really excited by the ticket to Bali and I was really excited by the things that would unfold in Bali and also the potential to meet more nomadic like people like myself. As you guys know, I never chose to be nomadic in the sense, but I don't have a visa to Australia, which is where I'd prefer to stay for an extended period of time and quote unquote have a home. So until then, I'm still roaming the world, not really that interested in staying in America at the moment and don't have any interest in any other places outside of America, especially going down the actual visa route. So that's why I'm using this like slow travel nomadacy at the moment. And it's been fun. And also, you know, my mind can also have many, many hissy fits about wanting to be done already after almost four years now of living around the world this way. But at the same time, 
here I am excited about Bali because maybe I can go meet more people that are traveling the world like me. And so that could be new, that could be different. I hadn't been back to Bali for three years. So even coming to Bali in the first place was an interesting adventure. I had always said I would not really wanna go back because my last experience in Ubud, for those that listened to A Lively Adventure, the audiobook kind of thing that I created about my first year or two traveling, know that Bali and Ubud was a very intense period of my life. I grew a lot. I uh, fell in love with this person there. His name's Jeremiah and he's a good friend of mine now. And it was my heart learning to open in ways it had never opened before. And I learned to unconditionally love someone. And that was really beautiful, but also very intense and emotionally was just kind of an exhausting period of life because it was like growing pains, growing so quickly, so fast. So it kind of left me with that feeling like when you overeat on a food and you kind of just feel like you have taste aversion or you get car sick and you never want to eat that food again. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about Bali until now. I was excited because my friend Jeremiah, the one I ironically had fallen in love with and never went anywhere with back then, we've stayed good friends and I was chatting with him about the visa ending in Cape Town soon and then looking towards like where to go next well I hopefully have potentially a business visa to open up an opportunity to go back to Australia temporarily to do a podcast tour. We'll see if they say yes, but if they do, I'll give you guys more details on that as it unfolds. But I kind of needed somewhere to be in between Cape Town and possibly Australia. And Jeremiah said, hey, go over to Bali. It's kind of in between the two and you're especially close to Australia. So that's what gave me the ticket inspiration for February 25th. But here I am last Wednesday looking at the next two to three weeks going, what am I just going to do in Cape Town? I even did a bunch of like client session openings. I put them on Instagram and said, hey, guys, I'll just like do a bunch of client sessions if people are interested. But I only got one out of like 12 openings. And that was really rare. And I was like, wow, I still don't have anything to do. I wonder what's going to happen. And of course, I could have stayed there. And something, of course, many things would have unfolded while I was there. However, here's the flow diaries. That day, that Wednesday, as I was at the WeWork, I called my friend Andy, who's over in India. Andy's Australian, but he is in India right now doing amazing adventures over there. And as I was chatting with him and filling him in on my life, He said, as I was saying, you know, I'm kind of not sure what's going to happen in Cape Town the next few weeks. I kind of feel like there's a bit of this like kind of open void kind of thing. I don't know what's going to happen. He goes, Lively, I can tell you've been over Cape Town for a few weeks now. Go over to Bali now. (laughs) He just said it. So matter of fact, almost authoritative. And that's not typically Andy at all. But he just called it like he saw it. And he's like, you've been over it for a while. Just go over to Bali now. What are you waiting for? My first mental response to him was, you know, there's like money. I've already paid for my Airbnb here for the next two and a half weeks. I've got, you know, the ticket for later. I don't know what it'll cost to change it. And he goes, just the money's just petrol. It's just getting you around the world. It's just gas to live your life. He's like, don't worry about it. It's just gas. And it's true. And I love Andy because he and I have a really abundant mindset when it comes to things like abundance. And so as a result, we have really abundant lives. It's wonderful. And so I really aligned to that point of view. I was just probably holding back out of kind of a little bit of a mass consciousness mindset to those changes. So as he said that, again, it was very exciting. My heart lit up, but I wasn't ready to just do it at that moment. What I did was feel it through as I took 
preceding steps. So if it was going to get hard after that phone call to actually make the change, I wouldn't have done it. But I was watching what unfolded as I took steps forward. Like I said, I was ready to let it go because I knew that there would be adventures in Cape Town if I stayed. And if it wasn't flowing for me to leave easily early, there would be a reason I'd later look back and say, oh, I'm so glad I stayed. I had no idea I was going to meet X, Y, or Z or something was going to happen, etc. But after that, I did look into what it would cost to change my flight. So if I left on Friday, which is two days after this, like I've got this Wednesday is the day I'm looking at it. And I'm just thinking, if I'm going to do this, let's just go Friday. Let's just do this right now. So I call up the Singapore Airlines and I ask them what it costs. And apparently for my ticket that I had purchased, it was only $50 to change it plus the difference in fare, which was about 200 bucks. So really not that bad, all said and done. I think it was 257, yeah, $257 later, ticket changed. Okay, then it was up to figuring out where I would stay in Bali. Now, I had two places in mind based on friends that had been to Chenggu. One was Chill House, which is a surfing yoga place that a friend went to, but it was booked out through March. So February was not available. So I knew that I couldn't do Chill House, which I had been excited about. And then the other place I had been told about was Lila Boutique Residence. Now, Lila, I wanted to call someone to talk to them because each room is very different, very unique. And I wanted to know what options were available and for what lengths of time. And I didn't want to just book that on some kind of booking site. But when it was time for me to actually look that up, it was 10 p.m., in Bali. So I did not feel like I would actually get a hold of anyone at their front desk at that time of night to actually book something last minute. So neither of those options, which I'd been very excited about pursuing in the future. Actually, that's even interesting too, when it comes to flow. I booked the flight on February 25th for like a week or week and a half before this Wednesday day that I'm speaking about. And I knew I was interested in Chill House and Leela based on friends' recommendations, but I never felt the impulse to actually go forward and book either location. I didn't even really do more than just look up their Instagrams up until this day of Wednesday. I never felt it. I just knew that it would feel like time to book it closer to the date of flying, but I hadn't had that inspiration to book it. And had I, now that I think about it, had I actually done the research ahead of time, I don't know that I would have even thought about leaving. I would have been so set on the accommodation and the flight being on the 25th, starting on the 25th. I don't know that I would have thought, oh, I'm going to find somewhere else to stay for the two weeks leading up to that stay. I probably would have stayed in Cape Town now that I think about it, but I had never felt the impulse to book. I didn't feel any concern about it either. I just trusted that when I would need to book, it would feel like time and then I would go see which one was available. Having no idea, for example, Chill House was actually booked. But here I I'm on that Wednesday looking at those two things and it's kind of like almost the flow is saying no, right? So the ticket was yes, easy enough, cheap enough, but the stays were not ideal. And then I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? I I at least need something for the first few nights. And then all of a sudden at the WeWork, my friend Danielle comes and sits down at the WeWork. Now, Danielle is a good friend of mine. Hello, Danielle. I love you so much. She's an American expat living in Cape Town. I've become very close with in Cape Town. 
I love her so much. And we do a lot of working at the WeWork together. But this day, it was just me. She didn't have work to do. But for whatever reason, I don't even know if she fully knows the reason. (laughs) She just came to the WeWork to say basically hi as she was doing other things like in her day. So as she comes in, this is right as I'm trying to figure out where to stay next. She says, Jess, you should stay at The Slow. It's a hotel that I went to and stayed at with my boyfriend when I was there in Chengdu. Now, Danielle knows this whole thing about Bali. She's already told me about The Slow Hotel. But when she told me, I was so fixated on having a place I could stay for a longer period of time than a hotel type of thing. I didn't even pay attention in the weeks leading up to her telling me about The Slow. She had to literally sit down at the desk with me and say, check out The Slow right at the time that I needed to find a new place to be for the first few nights because it wasn't even on my mind, even though she'd already told me. I wasn't remembering it because my mind hadn't selected, my mental hadn't selected that as an important option until this moment. So then I look up the Slow's website and they have two rooms available. And there's kind of a funny story on the flow of which room to pick. So the one room is slightly less expensive than the other. The more expensive room has a private pool, which seems very bougie and excess, very extra for a girl traveling alone to just go in like to the deluxe room with the pool. But the other room that was slightly less expensive and it wasn't even a huge difference in price at all. But when I was looking at the totals and I was looking at them, my first instinct in the mind was to go to the less expensive option, right? Like who needs to have their own private pool just by themselves? And at the same time, I wanna say, who doesn't? Why was I not allowed to have a pool just because I didn't have a partner? Does that mean I don't get the pool room? So silly, the mind is so, so, so silly. But anyways, what ended up giving me the pool room, despite my mind's limitations on traveling alone, and now I see that was just a silly limitation my mind was putting on myself, which was not needed at all. But when I was making the choice, There were two rooms and one of the rooms that was the less expensive had this big piece of art in the photography that they showed featuring what the room looked like. And in the big piece of art right over the bed, this is like three feet wide, it is this big shot that looks like you would find it as a piece of art in like a hard rock hotel. It's like a rocker guy's abs, like groin region photo. And he's wearing these like black jeans with a black belt, I think. And then it had on his skin, he wasn't wearing a shirt, but he had these tattoos of flesh flames, like fire flames coming up from underneath the jeans. It was like a fire crotch, literally scenario. I don't know. It was weird. And I just knew, not weird. I mean, I'm sure it was cool and edgy in some people's like perception. But for me, it just wasn't something I wanted to stare at for three or four days (laughs) at the slow. So the other room, meanwhile, the pool room that I thought was like too good for just solo Jess, When I thought that was too good for me, when I looked at it, I didn't see any art, especially any fire crotch art. So I was like, okay, at least that room doesn't have a photo I have to stare at all the time. So I booked the pool room and I've got a funny story about the art that is in the pool room in a second. But I'll just say that's what made me pick between the rooms was the joy of having the non-arted space that actually included the pool, which I also enjoyed very much once I had it, was how I picked the place. But had Danielle not come in, At that moment, that also would have been a sign of maybe not to do it. The other piece that was the third kind of component of the leaving of Cape Town early was I had a hair appointment for a straightening treatment this Wednesday. So today, this week after, was when I was supposed to get my hair straightened, which with a keratin treatment, which is to take away the frizz, especially before Bali, something I wanted to have happen since I hadn't had it done in a long time. So I messaged the hair lady that I love, Bianca, Ash versus Gold is her company 
over in Cape Town if you ever get your hair done and need some good color. She's awesome. But I messaged her and I just said, hey, I might be leaving sooner than I expected. Is there any way you can fit me in tomorrow for this hair appointment? And it can take a few hours. So, And she's a very busy woman. So I was not sure she was going to say yes, but she happened to fit me in, which was awesome. And of course, again, with the hair, I also knew not to make the choice just based on the hair appointment because had she not been able to actually change it to be the next day, I could have canceled. And theoretically, I'm sure there's a keratin treatment here in Bali. So it wasn't like I couldn't have done it here. I wasn't going to make that the thing that would actually stop me, but it was a beautiful thing that did fall into place. So having the hair appointment, having the slow booked for the first three or four nights, and then having the ticket price be super easy all led to me Boom, 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 done. 48 hours later, hopped on the plane, and here I am. And it's been great. Once I got to Bali, I'll share a bit of the flow, the ups and the downs, and how things go. And you hopefully are getting a sense for how I'm thinking and living and approaching things. I'm open to things. I'm curious about things, but then other situations support those decisions, whether it's my inner voice saying yes or no, or it's the alignment or the heart lighting up to like, no, there was like a reaction in my heart to not wanting the one bedroom with the piece of art, but did want the pool room, but thought I wasn't worthy of the pool room. So the only way I was going to get myself the pool room was by having a piece of art I didn't want more than I wanted to say I couldn't afford or have the pool room. Okay, so now I'm in Bali. I'm at the slow. I'm having dinner at the hotel bar the first night. I only know one person in Chenggu as a friend from Sydney. His partner is also awesome, but she's actually in Australia right now. So right now I have one friend in Chenggu, but he's busy. So I'm just having dinner by myself at the hotel bar. And while I'm there, I meet a expat person sitting at the bar next to me who's super kind and gives me a really great lay of the land in terms of his last few years here in Chenggu and what he's learned and places to go and things to do. He gives me recommendations on a co-working space that seems perfect for me. I tell him about like the design aesthetic I like and that I wanted AC. And so he said, oh, go over to Kinship. That's great for co-working. And they have these creative community events as well, which sounded great for me. And then also he recommended the Bali Healing Center for acupuncture, which was something that I was curious about getting recently. Just wanted to have it to kind of decompress after all of the major changes that had happened, going from the culture shock of Cape Town to Bali. Very different energies here than there are are in Cape Town. So wanted to kind of adjust and also reacclimate and just kind of like settle my body after so much change, travel, and time zone shifts. So by the way, to the Bali Healing Center, I walked to the beach that afternoon when I landed. And as I did, I saw the Bali Healing Center. I noticed it on the path, but I didn't know if it was any good or anything. But when I did later have dinner at the hotel bar and this new friend, Michael, was telling me about the healing center and saying how great it was, to me, that was a piece of flow. That was me now knowing this is a part of my journey that I do want to pursue. And it was so easy because it just came to me. He just said it's great. And the way he described it, it felt really good to do. So then I reached out and now I've gone and it's awesome. So these are some of the easy examples of just flowing with things and getting alignment and then having certain things be confirmed through this new friend. Then the next day or two later, I'm going to go to the Shady Shack, which is a restaurant to get a smoothie or some kind of breakfast foods really kind of the first time I'm really walking around the area in a different path than I've gone before. And you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, have seen what happens here. As I'm going to the Shady Shack, people have warned me not to 
you know, take it lightly when you're walking along the side of the road because there's so many scooters and cars. It's quite dangerous, honestly. There's no sidewalks really. And you just hope you don't get hit most of the time. And I love walking. I'm not really a driver person. I think I will be now because of this experience I've just had, I will be taking at least like a rental scooters and rental cars or like hiring drivers of scooters and drivers of cars to take me around because what happened was as I'm walking there, morning time, the birds are singing, I'm in alignment. (laughs) I smile at the scooter lady that's making a turn as I'm walking over to this place. And as I smile at her, I have to make this turn on this corner. I did have flip-flops on, but I wouldn't blame the flip-flops per se. But as I made this turn, I stepped off the street to give her more of a way for her to turn onto the street I was on. This lady I'm making eye contact with, local woman, really nice little, you know, moment of connection, right? I'm doing all the quote-unquote right things. No, no, no. I end up stepping into this ditch that's like actually not just like unpaved road next to the road. It's actually like a foot and a half of water deep and like I end up taking this step into it and then face planting into this ditch and then scraping up my right side, which you guys can see if you've followed the Instagram stories about it. But yeah, this huge like bruising, scrapes, all this stuff. Thankfully, it's not infected or anything. So that's all good. But it was pretty dramatic and full face plant. Thankfully, I face planted into the ditch though. So I didn't hit the ground with my face because there was a ditch. It was just empty space and my shoulders hit the top of the ditch. But That was my little moment. Funny enough, people have mentioned this sounds a lot like uh, Liz Gilbert on her bicycle. I think she got run off the side of the road in Bali as well. Although I think she married the guy that (laughs) did that. I did not marry the lady that I smiled at that day. It was so interesting to me at the time because I was in alignment. I was in a good mood. I was so excited. I had my new little romper on and I was like just living on top of the world. And then I fall in the ditch. So either way, I get to the Shady Shack. I clean up. They help me clean up and disinfect it and everything. And then I have my meal a little bit more humbled than I was before. And then after that, I leave and I notice this really beautiful shop. There are some amazing shops in Chenggu, at least like my style type of thing. I love supporting stores as I travel and just picking up, especially jewelry. I don't know if it's because I've been a jewelry designer, but also that might be part of it. It's also easy to travel with because it's lightweight and I just still do appreciate other people's designs. But I find this little moon phase necklace. And as I look at it, I just think of Ezzy Spencer, my friend who wrote the book on the phases of the moon, which you guys may remember from years ago. We've had her on the show about that. But also I just kind of liked it as like the ebbs and flows, right? That's like the beautiful thing about the moon phases, the yin and the yang, the yin and the yang. Well, me falling in the ditch was a bit of like that vibrational, like the yin and the yang. So I just like the ups and the downs. So I flowed into a down after a high of smiling at the woman. Now I'm in the ditch. So it's kind of just showing that things always change. So I buy this necklace thinking it's pretty and everything and liking the men- like the little connection I'm assigning to this recent fall in the ditch. As I get to the next coffee shop to do some work, I notice that there's an inscription on the back of the necklace. I don't know what it means, so I Google it. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at a website that's like, this is a healing mantra in Kundalini. 
it said, yeah, like the ultimate healing tool, I think was the title of the page. And I was like, what? What the what? <laughs> I have now manifested within an hour an ultimate healing mantra. Now, I don't normally make silly mistakes like that, knock on wood. Like that's not normally a type of mistake or like clumsy thing I would normally do. So I'm not normally looking for things like healing mantras or healing anything really besides mental emotional stuff. That's the only kind of healing I've been really focused on in recent years. So for me to within an hour of actually falling in the ditch, manifesting this like by picking it right now it's not manifesting like it fell in my lap or the lady gave it to me off the scooter and then drove away but still the fact that i was felt the impulse to go in the shop felt the impulse to buy the necklace based on the moon phase it's not even based on knowing that there's anything on the back then finding out it had the healing mantra to me was such a beautiful little wink and a nod from my inner being to me or just like my energy was going out and showing me that even here I'm safe and loved and cared for and healing mantra. So of course, I don't think the mantra is going to be necessary for my consciousness to heal my body, but it was just a beautiful example of how your energy is reflected back to you by your reality. Oh, this was a fun one. So yesterday I was at the slow and I was doing work during the day. A lot of people I noticed would do kind of use it kind of like a co-working spot. So I went there in the afternoon, path of least resistance. It was super hot out and I was like, I can't be bothered to go walking around. I'm just going to stay here and do some work from the bar like I've seen other people do. So as I'm there, I sit down and there is a guy and a woman. Oh, this is so interesting. Okay, so what ends up happening is it's a U-shaped bar and <laughs> I'm giving you guys all the details, but again, hopefully this is kind of fun to listen to. All right, as I'm sitting at the bar on one side of the U, there are three people on the other side of the U standing on the other side of the bar and one of them, I don't know where I have met her, but I would bet you $20 that I met her somewhere in the last four years, but I cannot place where she was from. She had a very distinct facial structure and her accent was kind of very happy and bubbly. I think it was maybe almost German, but maybe not German. And she was speaking in English to her friends, but her energy was so unique. Her facial structure was unique. Her voice was unique. I was just staring at this woman, trying to place where in the world I'd met her, what conference or what country, whatever. Couldn't figure it out. But as I was sitting there perplexed by this whole thing, because it was just so clear that she seemed so familiar. Then, of course, my mind starts wondering, have I had a past life with her? Who knows? But either way, I'm looking at her going, God, this is so familiar. It was like a weird deja vu, but it wasn't this instant that was the deja vu. It was just the person was a deja vu. As I'm doing this, there's two people sitting next to me on my side of the bar doing work together. And this woman kind of two or three seats down from me, notices me looking at her across the bar, the lady I'm having the deja vu about. And so as that lady leaves, so I never end up getting to ask her how I might know her, this woman next to me starts up a conversation and I tell her, gosh, I just feel like I knew that woman. I don't know how. One thing leads to another. I start chatting with the woman next to me, not the other one that I was initially inspired about, but this is what kind of leads me to talking to woman next to me. Lady next to me is a French photographer. She's on her way to Thailand. So she's kind of wrapping things up with her friend and she leaves. So then it's just her other friend that's there. And he happens to be a CrossFit business owner from Sydney, Australia. So I'm like, oh, I found a Sydney cider here in Cape Town, or sorry, not here in Cape Town, here in Bali. And so we start chatting and end up spending a few hours chatting about everything. He finds it. I remember he's after the conversation, he sent me a message on WhatsApp saying, I've never met anyone so 
excited and curious about death before, which if you guys have heard me talk about death here on the show, you know I'm very excited for what's beyond the curtain. So yeah, he found that very interesting. He's not been exposed to many people like me and the way I see the world, of course. So it was kind of fun that we had this chat. And of course, I share about how I see the world and the thing about death and whatever. And he had tried to tell me because I was describing my love of pink. And you guys know I love pink. If you follow my Instagram, you see it everywhere in everything that I go to and like even in my homes. So I was trying to convince him that if he does these new CrossFit grips for his weightlifting CrossFit product line that he's doing, I said, you should make some baby like blush pink grips. I have no idea if the CrossFit community would love blush pink grips, but if I was in the CrossFit community, I for sure would want some blush pink grips. So we start talking about that color and how (laughs) I think that that would be a great color selection for him to have, not just like the hipster brown color that he was focused on at the moment. He was thinking about what he could do for women as well that they might like. And I thought, well, this blush would be the one I would choose. So we're talking about pink and he tries to pull up a place here in Chenggu that had that pink color. And so he's looking up old pictures on his phone and he pulls up one that has these basket lights, but he couldn't figure out the name of it and remember. So we move on and don't even talk about it. And then today I move away from the slow to an Airbnb that's very beautiful on a different part of town. And as I'm here, I'm looking at the list of recommended cafes to go to on this part of town on the list on the Airbnb kind of like instruction manual. And then I also looked up on Foursquare because I love Foursquare for recommendations as well. And I noticed this one, I think it's called Milk and Manu or something like that. But either way, it was on the recommended list on the Airbnb thing, and it was also on the Foursquare. And my intuition literally said, go to this one. This was where it kind of talked to me, and it was like, go to this one. And I kind of was like, really? Because there's another place that's closer. I think it looks just as good and looks air-conditioned and really delicious as well. It was Peloton Superstore or something like that. I think, I don't know if it's actually based on the Peloton, the bike or something, if that company has a cafe here or not, but it was looked beautiful and it was right around the corner from this other one. Now, I haven't seen pictures necessarily of this other one, but my intuition tells me, go to the Milk and Manu. So I go over there, past the Peloton Superstore one, go to this one that it recommended. Along the way, there were some really cute shops that I got to go to that if I hadn't turned that corner and gone down that street, I wouldn't have seen. So that was like my first inclination was, oh, my intuition wanted me to enjoy some pretty shops. So I popped into them, but didn't buy anything. And then I get to the cafe and I'm looking at the lights and they look really familiar. They look like the picture that my friend, Mr. CrossFit had showed me in his phone. So I send him a picture of the lights and I go, Hey, I think I found that pink spot you were trying to show me yesterday. And he goes, you know, that is the spot I was thinking of, but the picture I showed you was not of that location, but that is exactly where I was trying to send you to. And there are dozens and dozens of cafes like this all over Chengdu. And especially for him to be recommending one on the other side of town where I now am, the fact that my intuition told me to go to the exact one, he found that fascinating. I just said, oh, well, my intuition told me to go to it. So I loved the place. It was a great restaurant, pretty, the pink and all of that stuff. And the food was great too. But what I think it actually was almost in an interesting way, a manifestation as well, maybe if not even more so for him to see that my intuition, my inner voice would have led me to what he was describing without me trying to find it mentally, without me systemizing it without me mentally trying to figure it out, but it just kind of happened to be that one. I think that made a bigger impression on him 
to find that out later than it is even for me. So how cool is it that I got to be a piece of a manifestation for someone else just by listening to my own intuition? And of course, you know me, that's a very aligning thing for me to consider the steps that I take might also connect someone else to their inner voice. That's huge. That's like an awesome thing. So I love knowing and showing that people can find this in themselves and trust it as well. So that might give him a little extra pause about the intuition and inner voice that he might be able to tap into a bit more in himself now that he's seen that's possible. The other thing, like one of the other nights, like a friend of mine introduced me to his friends. And one of those friends is probably one of the most famous people I've ever met. And especially just like showing up at a restaurant out of nowhere and not knowing this person. Don't know what will happen with that, but it was just fascinating too. So it's just been like a series of series of series of things. I don't know what's going to happen and then things show up. I don't know what's going to happen and then things show up. And a lot of times it can be the inner voice guiding me Or it can be things like Danielle sitting down and saying, you should go here. Or even while I was at the restaurant tonight, I heard in the song lyrics, it's time to go home now or something like that. And I was like, oh, it's time to go home now. No, of course, I didn't have to use the lyrics to make the exit and actually come back to the Airbnb, but it did feel like something to pay attention to. So as you start going around in your life, don't try to be paranoid about it. Be playful with it. Playful, not paranoid, I'd say, is the way of looking at this and see how things go. You don't have to commit right away necessarily. You can see how things go. For example, for me, I knew my intuition wanted me to go to Milk and Mani or whatever that was. But I could have gone to Peloton Superstore if by chance while I was walking there, I saw it and I felt like going in instead. It wasn't going to force me to go to one location instead of another. But I have also had times where I've not listened to it enough to know that there's usually something exciting or something that I wish I would have done otherwise once I've had an experience if I haven't followed its advice in the first place. So there you guys have it. Let me know if you guys like this kind of like flowy play-by-play. This obviously was a bit of a dramatic week in the sense of it led me to a totally new set of circumstances than I otherwise would have had. So not every week is quite so dramatic. But if you do like this, I also have another alongside this whole week while all of this is on like the personal side of flow, there's a whole new chapter, an era of the company evolving that's come through the collective collective in an Instagram story that I've shared recently. And the feedback from that was so positive in such a strong way. I've been flowing with the possibility of unveiling a whole new thing It involves the inner voice sessions, I'll say that, and it involves you guys doing it in a deeper way in yourselves than ever before. And the feedback from that on the Collective Collective and Insta Story have been super, super, I'm shocked at the amount of interest in it. So if you guys are interested in hearing more about that flow diary and how to flow or how I'm flowing on the career side of things and how the team is shifting alongside that in this beautiful way that's not mentally done but is unfolding in a really, really synchronized way, let me know. I could always do it on this side as well. And yeah, just let me know if you like this kind of format or not. And like I said, the collective will be coming back. We have an exciting new topic to share once Annie and I can schedule the interview. And until next week. May something wonderful happen to you today.